Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of NFL Only Better is the morning after the night before, sort of the morning. It's the morning for Mike. It's not technically the morning for myself and well, John. It certainly We're... is the morning after the night before. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Thanksgiving games. Very nice Irish whiskey. <laughs> Three Thanksgiving games, guys. Um, uh, look, we've actually just been talking amongst ourselves about CD Lamb. Mike, you had another look at it there. There, you think he's it's not a catch. I'm a bit confused when a catch is a catch and when it's not a catch. Yeah, but I'm not in love with the Cowboys, so I've got an unbiased kind of. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, look, look, they went over. They didn't cover though, but they won again. Um, and I suppose, look, when is a catch a catch? What 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 is wrong with Hunter Henry's score in the Patriots game exactly? Well, you know, rule wise, I guess they're right. But it's it's one of those absurd rules, because if you were a runner, for example, um, and that happened, it would be a touchdown without a question. And the emphasis for the receivers, they have to complete the process of the catch. And in the NFL's definition of that, they have to maintain control and survive the ground. And what happened with Henry was when he hit the ground, he had his hand under the ball and the ball hit the ground, but his hand was, was under it. So he had, he had control at that point, but then as he rolled, he lost control of the ball. He still had possession of the ball, but he lost control of it. You know, as it was like Mm. moving from his right hand to his left, and then he controlled it again with his left hand, but because he didn't maintain control as opposed to possession through the, through the process of the catch, he did not quote survive the ground and it wasn't a touchdown. I think, I understand how the rule works. I just think it's an absurd rule because it yeah. was, to me, it's obviously a catch. Like that was a catch. I mean, like I've seen a couple, look, we all know this thing has been going on for years since, you know, the the, the Megatron days or what yeah. was the famous one, the Dallas one um, yeah. a couple of years ago in the playoffs where they said he didn't catch it as Des, well. That might've been Des, Megatron Des, as well. Des, Des Bryant. No, it was Des Bryant. Yeah, yes, it go. was. Yeah. I mean, it's been going on for so long. It's not going to change, but, you know, they showed a lot of replays of that, and I was like, it's a, "That's a catch! It's a catch!" Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it doesn't—it doesn't juggle out. He doesn't fall. He doesn't regather it. It kind of bobbles a slight little bit, yeah. But I mean, mm-hmm. you've you've to protect it like a, a, a goddamn baby this stage. It's like like that's what you're gonna have to tell wide receivers. You're holding a baby, guys. <laughs> yeah, and to to me, possession and control are two different things. But possession in football is the more important. Yeah, and John, like we've seen, because both you and I are rugby fans, we've we've seen certain changes in that. I mean, you now would like to score a try in 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 rugby. You don't you don't actually need to have like a massive amount of downward pressure. For yeah. it. Like, you literally need to have a baby finger on the ball, like an ounce of downward pressure. <laughs> like, yeah, try no problem. Yeah, no problem. That's a try. <laughs> so it's just it's like every sport has these things, but I it's 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 the NFL's real Achilles. That was that was the turning point of the game, basically. Yeah. I mean that and the kickoff return, um, which there was a hold. I mean, I'm not look. People have given out to me about being anti-patriots. <laughs> I've been for and anti-patriots <laughs> in the last couple of weeks, but yeah. you know, there like there's a clear holes. Hold. Yeah, yeah, there were two holes, and both guys did the same thing. They put their hands up in the air like I wasn't holding, which is, which is the, sure, the surest sign that you are holding. Yeah, yeah. For and a both, team in cahoots with the league, you know, they sure got some bad goals <laughs> last night. Just. That was a game as well. Like, uh, I, I didn't see – I saw uh, only bits and bars of it last night because it, it was a late one. But the, late um, for you, John. You got it. It was a little bit late. You don't look like a, you by like staying up dinner, half I was at a Thanksgiving dinner here, and it was, uh, I had to go to bed afterwards. Too much, too much turkey. But – um. The uh, yeah, the, that was the game that I was looking at last week. I you know erroneously picked the under in that one. Like the game script for that was like, yeah, this is going to go under, and then it quite spectacularly didn't. Yeah. But um, the one thing I would just say is that just 
Justin Jefferson just continues to impress, doesn't he? Like, absolutely. Is he the? I don't know. It, it's kind of difficult sometimes to establish a hierarchy of, of receivers in the league or, or individual positions in the league because it can kind of change week to week. But it's difficult to look beyond um, Jefferson for being the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Yeah, I mean, so a lot of people would argue Tyreek Hill because he's a he's having his best season as well. He's, I suppose, yeah, he's know. a game a game buster in, in that sense. I kind of like like the old fashioned Jefferson approach. I mean, that he's a bigger guy. He can kind of do more things. He made a catch, um, set up their second score, if I remember right, but he was between two defenders. Um, he just ran straight past them. They, they were doing a high kind of high low uh, thing. And McCourty was way slow, uh, the set, the safety and the ball cousins threw a good ball that, to the opposite side of the, of the other defender. And it, it, the catch was pure Lance Allworth. And like, Ever since I was a kid, Lance Allworth is the god of god of great receivers, and you know he it was just complete body control. It was as if he were hanging in the air, yeah. and he got both both hands on the ball and, and pulled it in. It was it was one of the best catches of the season. Not most yeah. spectacular, but it was one of the best catches. I think of the I think I know the one that you're speaking of. It was almost he was almost in triple coverage in that one. There's at least two guys very yeah. close to him, and a third kind of hovering in the in, yeah. in the periphery of it. Yeah, just yeah. and he was play. he was the difference. Because the Patriots defended them really well, except for Jefferson, yeah, um, and and the fact that they couldn't get real pressure on Kirk Cousins. Um, mm-hmm. The only I, I thought opened were, a bit of space for Hawkinson. I thought as well, for, well yeah. at least for at least for such. Yeah, time. but they you know they shut down their run game completely, which is what they want to do. And they actually, the the Minnesota defense didn't do a great job of stopping the Patriots, uh, except in the red zone, where I think the Patriots just made. It's weird for a Bill Belichick team, but they make an awful lot of unforced errors. Uh, and that, mm. that was another key point in the game. You know, um, Hunter Henry not going out of bounds at the end of the second of, of the first half. Jones take uh, sliding instead of throwing the ball away on the next play so that they, took the, they, they lost their timeouts and, and mm. uh, had to kick a field goal. And, and basically, you can't go into a place like Minnesota and kick field goals in exchange for the other team's touchdowns. That's going to I will eventually... Uh, count against you and Matt's all right yeah um, so look if you didn't see the games you woke up in the morning and you saw you know Bills Vikings Dallas won but I mean that's not really the story of three games and we must touch on the fact that I mean the Lions went in nine and a half points underdogs and really put it up to the Bills for most of the game obviously a mixed extra point was what led it to be mm. a three score or a three point uh, difference which meant that uh, that uh, the Lions could go up and tie it but you give uh, Josh Allen the ball you give him time yeah, exactly. And they're going to win the game. That's that. That's the kind of thing that they are. But they, you know, I, most of you who will be listening will have seen the pictures of Josh Allen hugging Stefan Diggs after his about 35, 40 yard catch to get them into field goal range. I mean, they they left there knowing that they had been in a game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And that nine and a half was it was a kind of good spread. Good spread to take. Uh, I think we said that. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, and I, was, I hopped on board. I was, I was talking yeah. to you guys. I hopped on board last night, and I really never looked in too much danger. To be honest, it was yeah. it they, was great. They didn't, they didn't put a lot of pressure on Goff, who played pretty well. St. Brown had a really good game, and um, but the interesting thing to me was that Josh Allen ran the ball ten times. They went back to the the kind of single wing offense with Allen Allen as a ball carrier. Yeah, you know, but you heard from the coach as well on the coverage. You know. He's not sliding, you know, he's, he's, it's just his natural 
his not like no matter how much they tell him to slide or do that, which they obviously are because he even mentioned it. It's when you get into a game and and your natural ability and your athleticism and your whole body just takes over and you're like, oh, I should have slid slid there. But I know the feeling well, Kieran. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> But I mean, he's ripe to get injured. That is just a thing with the Bills. Like they, they, he, you can't, you can't train it out of him. He's obviously just going to keep doing it. But he's an injury waiting to happen, Josh Allen, if he keeps yeah. it because he he took some serious hits yesterday as well. Well, those um, the, the the quarterbacks historically who have a big rushing element to their game, they just have a shorter shelf life, generally speaking. You know, Do yeah. You can, are there any good? Rushing quarterbacks in their kind of mid thirties, not not really. Still. Really, but the thing about Josh oh. Allen is he's the jewel. He's the he's he can throw and he can run. Oh, well, exactly. Like, yeah, like exactly. Lamar, I suppose RG the third before Russell Wilson to a degree as well. They've Michael all Vick and these boys. Yeah. You know they've all yeah. been fast. Like he looks, he doesn't yeah, look Wolf, as fast as them, but he's. I think he's suspiciously fast. Shall we say Wilson looks like the ankle injuries have taken away his quickness, basically. Um, yeah. And he's not, but Lamar Jackson's missed most of a season. RG three basically had his career completely uh, ruined in front of us on live yeah. television. Deshaun Watson missed, um, I think it was the second season, a good part of the second season in Houston. Yeah, um, you know, it's, ACL or something. Yeah. yeah, it's it's tough. It's a tough thing to do. To mm. uh, you know, and which is why teams shy, still shy away from run first college quarterbacks when they're looking in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. Allen was not. Allen was a passer in Wyoming, at Wyoming. You know. Yeah, he was just a rocket arm, and the the, the talk about him was he's not accurate enough. Exactly. He clearly is now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to look at a couple of games: uh, Bengals at Titans. Then we'll do Saints, 49ers uh, Packers at Eagles, Steelers at Colts, and then you guys can pick and choose if you want to talk about anything. The rumor was, oh, let's cover every game, but I was like, no chance. Like, I'm actually <laughs> off today. Um, that's John. That's John's. Josh that Allen. John. That's John's Josh Allen approach. That was funny. Exactly. I've never exactly. heard you say it So I'm the uh, rushing quarterback of this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> like here all day. Uh, the Bengals take on the Tennessee Titans at six o'clock. It's thirteen to twenty. But the Bengals five to four. The Tennessee Titans two and a half points is the spread. Forty three point five is the over under. Two difficult teams to get your head around at times, gentlemen. Except, I suppose, Mike, for the Titans, which is just give it to Derek, lads. Well, you know, and they 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 do that, but they didn't last week, for example. You know, he only he only had like 50 yards rushing. And and the interesting, I mean, the interesting thing is how they manage to play situational football, regardless of who they're playing. I think when they play the really high-powered offensive teams, that can become a problem if they fall behind early, um, as they did say to the Chiefs or the Colts. Um, in the play, or the Bengals last year in the playoffs, for example, they fell, fell behind early. I'm not sure the Bengals can do that to them this time. But um, each of these teams lost their first two games of the season. So Tennessee is seven and one since then, and Cincinnati six and two, and they've won the last couple without Jamar Chase. So I, I just find this, you know, a fascinating game in Tennessee. Um, the pressure is going to be on the Bengals to take a lead and be able to hang on because I think they're a good defensive team. I think they'd make problems for Tennessee if they can get a lead. And I think if the, if the, the line on this gave Tennessee a field goal, I'd, I'd probably edge toward Tennessee with the field goal. Cause I do think it'll be a close game. Close game, John. Yeah. More than likely. Um, they are too difficult or two teams that are difficult to separate really when you just kind of look at the numbers and the facts and the figures, you know, it's fun. Like I hadn't. I, I know that the the Titans were seven and three until Mike said that they're on the on the seven and one run at the moment. I hadn't really 
hadn't really caught that on. That's a that's kind of astonishing because they're a team like certainly they're flying under the radar and a seven and one run, you know, after the first opening weeks of the season when things when teams are still kind of figuring themselves out and you know figuring out their own identities and things like that. A seven and run seven and one run from that point onwards is you know that's not just obviously. Uh, playoff potential that's you know going deep into the playoffs that's you know being a real contender for the for the AFC and the Titans have you know for the last several seasons have been a a top contender in the AFC they were the number one ranked team there last year I believe if memory serves coming out coming into the playoffs but the thing that I just can't you know dismiss when I look at them is that they're and I think we talked about this briefly last week too it's that they just seem to be more consistent than good and you know Sometimes those think those two factors can sort of mingle with each other. Kieran, you're you're also dead right. And if you, if you stop Derrick Henry, you stop Tennessee as a whole for the for the most part. And I don't know. I, I think just looking at this two kind of informed teams, I think the Bengals have a good chance of doing that. Particularly if Henry, you know, like Mike said, didn't explode last week as well. So I'm kind of leaning towards Cincinnati on this one. But I think just looking at what uh, the odds are offering, I just think the over 43 and a half is the one that's sticking out to me at the moment. Uh, I'd like it more if, 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 you know, there's a fully fit Jamar Chase playing and, and things like that. But, you know, this could be a game where Derek Henry gets a couple of touchdowns and then you have Joe Burrow playing catch up. And then, yeah, this, I think there'll be more points in the second half than the first. And it, it should just creep over the 43 and a half, I think. Yeah, I, you might want to look at the first half line line on this one. Depend, you know, and, and again, I think you're right. If Tennessee take a lead, it's going to be a really interesting game. Mm-hmm. But, but as I said, if the Bengals can take a, for an, an early lead, two touchdown lead, it forces Tennessee out of their game a bit. Yeah, um, they won't give the ball to Derrick Henry so much, presumably yeah. at least. Okay, okay. Uh, let's look on to... Well, we did have a little chat, actually, because I was trying to decide which one would be the... Uh, the game on the telly, and it shows, I suppose, how far Remy the Rams have fallen that they're they're not the pick, because uh, the game live on the box uh, will be the New Orleans Saints and San Francisco 49ers, ten to three. The Saints two to nine about the 49ers. Uh, Eight point five is the current spread, and forty three flat is uh, the over under. Now, guys, most people will have listened to our mid season review, and we kind of mentioned about the San Francisco 49ers that they seem to have everything that you would need. Uh, to go on a rather large run, to be honest. I mean, the second favourites for the NFC, they're probably like third favourites or so for the third or fourth favourites for the Super Bowl. Um, so the Saints shouldn't give them too much trouble, John Balfe. No, I, well, you know, I think they will give them a little bit of trouble. Like the eight and a half points is a, is a tricky one in this one to to kind of surmise because the Saints haven't been, you know, they're not as strong as they've been clearly, but they're also not a train wreck of a team. Um, so I think I fancy the 49ers to win. They're kind of, to me anyway, they're, they're kind of the, one of the more informed teams or one of the teams that are just looking like, like you said, Kieran, one of the most comprehensive units in the league. They just seem to have good players in good positions. They have what they need to, to go far in this. But again, the Saints just seem to have this knack of sticking around in games. So what I'm looking at is the 49ers to win this one, but I think that the Saints can keep it within the eight and a half point spread. So I think... Uh, that would either 49ers money line or Saints at the points is kind of how I'm thinking about this game. You are not tipping up two to nine chance on this pod, John Bath. That is just <laughs> not happening. Uh, we'll take the well, points. I kind yeah, of, okay. I I'll, kind I'll, of agree. I'll take Saints, Saints with the points is where, where, is where I'll go. That's, I'll still yeah, put I, my flag on that one. I kind of agree with John because, you know, you look, you look at what New Orleans did to the Rams and the Rams are terrible, obviously, but, but um, you know, they put Stafford out of the game. They play well defensively. Uh, the offense is still their offense is still kind of a mess, but they do have some skilled 
players can put points on the board. And last week it was like 27, 20, I think yeah. with the Rams, if the Rams can get 20 again, I think I'd go over 43 as being the best bet on this, on this game. That's a good one too, as well. I like that also. Okay. Um, we got a couple more games. Green Bay Packers taking on Philadelphia Eagles 5-2 about the Packers, 3-10 to 10 about the Eagles. 6.5 is the spread. 46.5 is the over-under. A uh, bit of a shock. Shock results, obviously. The Eagles two weeks ago, and I uh, watched a lot of their game at the weekend, and for large parts of it, they were fairly unimpressive, to be honest, Mike. So, have, have, have we sort of have we softened our stance maybe on the Eagles? Because a lot of people seem to think that they were, you know, at Super Bowl, real Super Bowl contenders. Are they? It's funny, two weeks in a row, you know, of, of like unconvincing wins. Mm-hmm. Um, do that, does that to people. But those are the games you kind of have to win. You know, the, the, um, and Indy's not a bad defensive team. They, they, they just pulled that one out in the end and they did it by running the ball on the la- on that last possession when they, when they needed the point, they went, you know, nine straight runs, including Hertz is Hertz. We didn't talk about is another one of those running quarterbacks yeah. who eventually will get hurt. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> did you do that by accident? Cause that's a real that Mike was, Carlson line. <laughs> that was, but that was by accident, unfortunately. Um, so I find this one interesting because green Bay is remains a decent defensive team. Um, you know, they're, they're not, they're not an easy out. They're very good against the run. And I think that's probably where you want to start. I think it makes AJ Brown, one of the key players in this game for Philadelphia, but um their offensive production, it's dropped like 100 yards a game in the last couple of games. They were close to 400 yards a game, and now they're, they're like 280, 280-something. Um, and that, that's a bit of a worry. The, I was looking at this one, and the, you know, the kind of um, word from the betting herd thing is in his last 15 primetime games, Aaron Rodgers is 13-2, and two, um, which means, oh, yeah, which is, I think, why Green Bay's getting less than a touchdown in Philadelphia. Because realistically, you would think against the nine and one team, you know, a floundering Green Bay team would would be at least a touchdown dog, you know, but, but six and a half is not is not very generous. Um, you know, but everybody in the mind is going to see Aaron Rodgers leading some late comeback to put to pull the game tight. Um, and if that's the case, 46.5 is about right as the over-under. But I, I, I look at this kind of as an under game. If Green Bay is going to play well, they've got to shut down Philadelphia's offense. So, you know. Which it's, stumbled it's, a bit last week, let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. Stumbled the last two weeks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at Indianapolis Colts, 6-5 to five about the Steelers. The Colts are 4-6. to 2.5 is uh, the uh, spread, and the over-under is 39.5. It was the Eagles stood in against the Colts um, who were going for, for 100% record for Mr. Saturday Night. <laughs> um, so... It, it, it His odds for coach of the year plummeted in the last um, week. It does look like it does look like he's he's kind of got them a little playing a little bit better. Obviously, I mean he's he's put in the 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 more experienced hand at quarterback, mm-hmm. which has probably helped things along. And, and maybe he's got a couple of players back, and maybe he's got a locker room that's fighting a bit more for him. Who knows? But uh, it's it's going to be one of those games, John, isn't it? Like, yeah, it is. You're like, I mean, to your point, Kieran, you have to. 
you have to play Matt Ryan. There's, there's no way. Unless you have a, one of the, a top quality backup, you're starting Matt Ryan unless he unless his talents have just completely nosedived, which, you know, he's not the quarterback he was three, four, five, six seasons ago, but at the same time, he's still capable, even if he's one of the most immobile quarterbacks that have ever played in the league for the most part. Although he did run for, what was it, 37, 39 yeah. yards a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So, so that's like one, y- one yard per year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think... Um, yeah, like uh, you're you're right here. And the Colts have looked a little bit better since they made that change, I suppose. But they're they will still look at this, especially at this point of the season, as being nothing more than a transition. Get the next season and see where they're at. Type of type of deal. Um, this is going to be a tricky one for them. Like we joke about Jeff Saturday and, and, and things like that, and he has, like you say, infused a little bit of positivity and a little bit of confidence into the team by the looks of things, anyway. But you know, going against Mike Tomlin, who's one of the most experienced uh, coaches in the league. These are the sorts of games where, you know, Jeff Saturday, who's not, you know, what is he? He's coached like two games in his entire career at like any level beyond high school. So, you know, maybe he can pull something out, but the it, he would have had a better chance against Pittsburgh about three or four weeks ago before they had TJ Watt back and, uh, and before Kenny Pickett had started to get like bedded in a little bit more. That Like he's, he's looking like a decent quarterback now at the moment. When he first jumped in there, it was... Pittsburgh were, were looking awful, but they have steadied the ship. This is a tricky game for, for Saturday. He might just get outcoached in this one. Um, so what did you say? What's the over-under in this one, Kieran? 40, uh, 39 five. 49 five. 30, I think 39. 39 five. 39. 39 yeah, so I was, was going to go under on that one. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be see. like printing money. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, well, I'm going to stick to the to the under on this one. I, I just have a feeling this could be one of those kind of arm wrestle type type games. Um, and I would fancy the Steelers to win, but I think of all the things I'm looking at there, I'd go under. Yeah, I kind of agree with John on that. And I think TJ Watt really is the key element that makes that thinking go because you know, their pass rush improved last week um, just because he, yeah. he was there. I think Highsmith got the sacks, but Watt's, Watt had, his presence made the, the huge difference. And, and Ryan, as you say, is immobile. I'd love to understand the dynamic between Ursay ballard and um frank reich as to quarterbacks like who wanted whom to be playing to be playing quarterback yeah Yeah. because they've got nick Foles sitting on the bench as well and you know to go straight from ryan to uh, erlinger um without giving Foles a chance and then when erlinger obviously wasn't the answer to to go back to him really seems strange to me but you know his his name is jeff saturday not jeff monday night Ooh. Uh, <laughs> that play a so, crucial part? so you know i i kind of i kind of agree um the under looks looks promising there mm-hmm. i kind of like pittsburgh um, getting points, I like them even more. I think it's kind of a field goal game anyway. So, you know, you'd love to have the plus three, but um, I kind of agree with John on all counts there. Okay. Okay. Um, that's the, the games that Sky have decided in their wisdom to to show. Um, there's a couple others there. John, I, I assume you've got, a, uh, you know, something to say about Tampa Bay at Cleveland Browns, 8 to 15, about the books, 6 to 4 Cleveland Browns. 3.5 is uh, handicap 44.5 is the yeah. order and 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 it's need... a tricky one this it's uh as we were what happens so... next week john well next week Deshaun watson comes back so this is the last start uh presumably anyway for for jacoby for unless something else happens between now and, and next sunday 500 yards passing six touchdowns <laughs> yeah, <can you> <laughs> that'd be something it's the only thing you know 
I, it's a curious matchup, this one, I think. The Browns are at home, so that's kind of giving me a little bit of confidence. In this, but I think it's like a, it's a good time to play both of these teams because neither of them are looking particularly fantastic at the moment. Um, but, you know, it's, I suppose, that just the Browns, who I obviously, as listeners will know, I'm a, I'm a fan of, so I watch very, very closely. They've just been so incredibly disappointing this year. Uh, offense has been fine. Offense has been above average, to be quite honest with you, but it's the defense has just let everything down. So they have no foundation to build results on. And they just, yeah, it's it, it's hard to watch at times. It's very, very hard to watch. But <laughs> Jacoby Brissett's final game, I just have this feeling that, like if they are playing a better unit than the Buccaneers, Buccaneers have some, some standout players, as, as we all know, but it's not functioning properly there. The run game isn't going great. Um, which is good for the Browns because the Browns are getting eviscerated in the run game. So if the Buccaneers are unable to establish that and it's a Brady passing game, the Browns can still, you know, they, they've got some good corners and they've got some good safeties. They can they can shut that down if things go right for them. And then, yeah, if, like we were talking earlier this week, you know, the Browns always start well when they have those designed plays ready to go, but it's when the game gets away from them that uh, Stefanski and the rest of the coaching staff yeah. seem to struggle to, to get them get a footing into it again. So, It'll be interesting to see how this one begins. You'll, but after the first quarter, or certainly into the second quarter, you'll have a good idea of how this one's going to go. But as things stand right now, before a ball being thrown, I'm looking at the Browns going three and a half at home as being tempting. What's the weather report, John? Yeah, John. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure yet. It's not going to be as bad as it was in, in Buffalo last <laughs> week. So uh, again, but like everybody, have a look at the weather report on Sunday morning before you make your bets. Could be uh, that in that part. Of, we are in that part of the. I know you're all joking, but we're in that part of the year. That half point is important. But I look. I I see Tampa coming off a bye, which means that their receivers will probably all be healthy for the first quarter mm. or so of this game before they start falling again um their defense will probably be a bit rested um they're tough against the run defensively with Vita Villa in the middle of the line um in, in particular and you know sometimes you look at Cleveland and you just think well there's supposed to be a two running back game but it seems to be Nick Chubb most of the time um and Brissett hasn't turned the ball over Hardly much, all yeah. in the last five weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they could, if they can bring the game down to that kind of ball control level. And I agree with you, with John, again, this is getting a bit repetitive and, and also dangerous to my sanity. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like this. But, but um, Stefanski doesn't seem to be able, you know, once he gets past that scripted part of his, his play calling, he doesn't really seem to be able to, to make, make things happen, you know, and, mm-hmm. and Chuck will be on a roll and they'll start passing the ball, you know, where the passing will be good and they'll start going to the run game when it doesn't work. And yeah. as, as if he thinks this is going to fool the, the other team. He's know? turned down, sorry to cut into you there, Mike, but he's turned down on several occasions an easy, an easy three points to go on fourth down and the fourth yeah. down percentage, uh, you know, to, to do that hasn't just not been working. So they actually would have kind of saw a thing during the week that if they had, on some of those ones where they went on fourth down, if they had just taken the points, they would have either won the game or brought up to overtime had it, you know, progressed as that. Because I think the majority of their losses have been by less than a touchdown this season. Yeah. So, so that, you know, with that in mind, I still like Tampa in this one, even with the three and a half. Um, you know, with three, I'd probably take it in a snap, but I still think it's a better bet. And 42-5, I think these two teams could go over that. Interesting, interesting. You want to hear a good stat? John reminded me of something there when he said if this team had scored, if the Broncos had scored 18 points in regulation in every single game that they've played, just 18 eight, points. Eight and one. They'd no, be nine and one. one. 
Nine and one. Okay, I was close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'd be nine and one if they managed to yeah. score uh, it's two, two touchdowns and, 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 and a field goal. An interesting thought occurred to me um, while I was writing my, my Patreon column on Thanksgiving Day. If Nathaniel Hackett were still the offensive coordinator of the Packers and anybody else was the, was the co- head coach or play caller for the Broncos, I think both teams would be much better. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Can, uh, I, can I say something about the Broncos Panthers game as well? Please. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. You're talking about their, they would have been nine and one if uh, you know they had scored 18 points in each of their games. Which you know, I mean, to, to our listeners, they will they will know that 18 points should be a very achievable <laughs> amount of points to score be, yeah. to score in most of your games. Um, but th- speaking of nine and one, the Broncos are also nine and one on the under this season. So that's somewhere to look at as well. And that's also, they're playing, they're away to the Panthers um, this weekend. So therefore, the, I think the, the market has very much reflected how, how much they're shooting. At the it's way so down. It's 36-5. That was my, like, wake up this morning. That's going to be my best bet on the market. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the more, you can have it, because the more I looked at it, I'm thinking 36-5, you know, Sam Darnold's going to throw two interceptions. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Mike, have you got any more? One more for us for the road? Any game um, you want to look at? Yeah, I... The one one that really interests me is the Rams Kansas City because as I said the Rams are terrible but they're getting fifteen and a half yeah, bet fair which is a lot which is more than most of the places um, were offering when I took a quick look and that I think I think that may be the highest spread that it's the highest we've talked about there might have been one or two others but I'd be very tempted to go with fifteen five mm-hmm. uh, on this simply with the with the thought that maybe they take their foot off the pedal at the end of the game they I, I would assume at some point in the game they'll be up by three scores um, but they could take their foot off the pedal you could get a sneaky backdoor cover there and even with the Rams you know if if you look at it that way then the forty two five I think is isn't over here um, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I was going to say as well. Like the it, the Rams have to obviously do their part to to make that one hit because you know it's I was just, you know I, again when I was kind of preparing for this, it's just astonishing to see a fifteen and a half handicap in a game featuring the Super Bowl champions. You know, it's it's yeah. just so unusual <laughs> to see this happen. But obviously, Cooper Cup injured, and it doesn't look like Matthew Stafford's going to play. I mean, they although, they, they, they'd be almost crazy to play it. You know, it's like what why why at this point, play? yeah, the season's yeah, yeah, done the for season's them really, true, isn't yeah. It? yeah. Okay, gents, uh, I'll give you a couple of moments to think about your best bet. We already know one of them. Uh, just to remind we- everyone, of course, uh, that the uh, the World Cup continues as is football only better, which is making its way into your ears every single day covering all of the games at this year's World Cup. Um, and do check out Racing Only Better as well, which is out today. Um, uh, because uh, we're recording a little late. I've never got to say that before, but here we go. Uh, best bet of the week. Oh, I'm going to be negative. I'm going to be negative. I'm coming off my over with Dallas and Giants, and I'm going to go the other way because Chicago Bears at New York Jets <laughs> is not exactly going to be game of the week. Uh, and obviously issues at quarterbacks. Uh, so 38.5 is the over-under. And you know what? I think it's going to go under because... Yeah, Mike. Very. How long do you is, think is Zach feet, will get is, benched for? He's he's um not going to start. Mike White is going to start. Yeah, but like he, uh, why this well, debate with friends Mike, of ours? If, is he being if Mike White fails? Then Joe Flacco comes. Well, Flacco yeah. might come in. Yeah, I would well, start Flacco to be honest. But anyway, I got I'm another not, good stat about Flacco actually. While we're talking, um, Russell Wilson has only two more touchdown passes this season than Joe Flacco, who hasn't played since week three. <laughs> 
and Fields, Fields, I think, is going to go for Chicago. Am I correct? Yeah, uh, I, I've got that ready. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's questionable at the moment, yeah. but it's not looking good as the last I saw. I believe Fields, yeah. So Fields is yeah. out. Zach yeah. is out, more than likely. We don't know for how long. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it just doesn't scream great game. So, I think yeah. 38.5. And do you know what? As, I would say this as well. As soon as Fields is officially designated as out, probably comes down a point or two. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, it's a good idea. Maybe get ahead of that one, Kieran. That's, that's yeah. a smart one. I'll give you one last, uh, one last little factoid on oh, I love Russell, this. Russell factoid Wilson. friendly. <laughs> Some Russell Wilson facts, if you want. He's currently now. I don't have him in front of me. I don't know how many touchdowns he's thrown to this point in the season, but I do know that he's trending towards throwing less touchdowns on the season than he has bathrooms in his house. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you so see I think the, I think he's trending towards twelve, and he's got thirteen bathrooms in his house. Did, did you see the 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 explanation that Melvin Gore, Gordon got cut? Not because he kept keeps fumbling at the goal line, but because he plays yeah. Russell Wilson's wife's ex husband or boyfriend or whatever his rap music very loudly in the locker room to piss Russell Wilson off. <laughs> I, I love that, that sort was, of that was so a good football, a good football judgment. Um, if Fields is playing, Chicago plus six looks pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I also think you know, the over might be might be in play there. But yeah, but you want the under, you take the under. God, I'm just looking at Wilson's stats for this season. It's not great. Are you, wearing an orange, are you wearing an orange jumper deliberately, John? Well, I put it on on purpose, maybe not for any particular <laughs> reason. Like, it's not an accident that I'm wearing it. <laughs> well, just he, to talk to Russell Wilson. Yeah. He has seven touchdowns. Just to put that into context, in 2021, he had 25. In 2020, he had 40. He had That's 35 in 2018, 34 in 2017. I mean, the worst season he's ever had was his was his 2014 season, and that's when he had 20 TDs. He's currently so, sitting on seven. Does he have any rushing TDs this year? I, Don't I believe so. No, no. I think those days are slightly gone. Oh, let's yeah. have a look. Oh, sorry, he has one. One. There we go. He's one. But, I mean, people think, people seem to think he, he actually didn't score. Like, that. the most he ever got was six in a season. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Okay, um, John, did you give your best bet there? Or well, did you I'll, just go I'll I'm, I'm going, if if so, if there's a team that's shooting ninety percent on the under, uh, I don't think there's a reason to change it at the moment. So I'm going to go under thirty. It's a, you know we talked about it. Thirty six and a half is a tricky one, but I'll still just go under in that one in the Broncos Panthers game. Okay, and um, Michael. Well, um, we we did talk about. I do like Tampa. I also like Baltimore. Um, even though Jacksonville is coming off a buy and that one's three and a half as well. Um, I'm, I would be willing to take either of those. If Fields plays, I like Chicago with the six. Um, and we talked about the other games, but I, I'm going to, as the best bet, I'm going to, the undertaker is back. Um, although I'm just looking at, at the previous weeks, I was wrong on the under last week. Um and I was wrong on the under in week eight, and I was wrong on the under in week seven. So maybe I should learn my lesson. But <laughs> Pittsburgh in the 39 and a half under. Okay. Okay. That was excellent. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Two shows this week. Enjoyed them immensely. Mike, when are you back in uh, in the UK? Um, when am I back? Next week. Um, on... I'm not going to meet you at the airport, right? Don't worry. That would be nice. Because, uh, But anyway, um, Thursday next week. So, yeah, we'll, you'll get one more podcast uh, f- from America. Ooh, yeah, uh, love that stuff. 
brilliant stuff um gentlemen thank you for joining me this week uh two shows brilliant and thank you to the listeners for tuning in our mind please do gamble responsibly hope you enjoyed the thanksgiving games hopefully we've got a few crackers in for sunday and most of all hopefully <laughs> we got a few winning bets more talk to you next week <laughs> <laughs>